Hello and welcome to our podcast, the next in our series on sanctions and related market conduct and financial crime issues. My name is Catherine Pluck and I'm a senior knowledge lawyer here at Norton Rose Fulbright. Today I'm joined by the co-heads of our contentious financial services group in London, Katie Stephen and David Harris, and we're going to discuss some recent developments regarding sanctions enforcement for regulated firms. Katie, before we go on to talk about the updates, for those less familiar with the regime, could you please briefly explain the interaction between the Office of Financial Sanctions Implementation, or OFSI as it's known, and other agencies in relation to sanctions enforcement? Yes, thanks, Catherine, and hello, everyone. So as you know, OFSI, which is part of HM Treasury, is the organisation with primary responsibility for sanctions implementation. And it's a criminal offence not to comply with a financial sanction unless you have an appropriate licence or authorisation from OFSI. However, there are a number of other agencies which also play a role in relation to sanctions and related enforcement in the UK. In particular, OFSI reports the most serious sanctions breaches to the National Crime Agency or NCA for investigation. And David's going to come on and talk to us about some of the developments regarding the NCA in this area shortly. The SFO can also investigate and prosecute sanctions offences where there's a serious or complex fraud or bribery and corruption. In the financial services sector, as the anti-money laundering and counter-terrorist financing supervisor for regulated firms in the UK, the FCA also plays a key role. For example, in response to the recent Russian sanctions, the FCA has made it clear that it expects regulated firms' systems and controls to mitigate the risk of financial crime, to include those that enable firms to meet their financial sanctions obligations, and it has reminded firms that where it identifies failings in financial crime systems and controls, it can impose restrictions and even take enforcement action. The FCA also expects authorised firms to notify it if they're subject to sanctions directly or indirectly, and that includes if the firm has directors or employees that are named on the sanctions list. Dual regulated firms also have to notify the PRA. In addition to this, last week on the 17th of May, the FCA published a new web page on reporting in this area. And it wants to hear about sanctions evasion or weaknesses in sanctions controls where they relate to any firm or person listed on the FCA's financial services register or other registers such as the mutuals register or the investment firms register or to companies with UK listed securities. There are a number of ways to report this information to the FCA, such as making a formal report under the notification provisions in the FCA handbook or by filling out its online reporting form or speaking to its whistleblowing team. And reporters don't need to give their contact information if they don't want to. David, in terms of potential criminal offences and investigations, how has the NCA been responding to recent Russian sanctions, given its role, and how this impacts regulated firms? Yeah, happy to to touch on that. Thanks, Thanks, Katie. I should say at the outset that um, obviously does have criminal and civil enforcement powers, but focusing here on the criminal jurisdiction of the NCA, uh, in response to the sanctions imposed on Russia, a new kleptocracy cell uh, based in the NCA was announced earlier this year. Uh, the rationale behind the setting up of the cell is to investigate sanctions evasion uh, and to ensure that those seeking to bypass the wide-ranging sanctions against Russia are caught and held to account. Uh, now, the NCA provided some more information on, on the new cell in March, uh, confirming that it is looking to achieve three key outcomes. First of all, targeting corrupt elites through their assets in the UK. Secondly, targeting the key enablers of these corrupt elites uh, and thirdly, supporting alongside other agencies and departments, uh, criminal cross-government sanctions delivery uh, and enforcement. 
Uh, the cell's primary focus is on seeking criminal justice outcomes, but it has said that it will also use civil tools uh, to freeze and recover suspected criminal finances. And so it follows from that really that financial services firms should be prepared for this type of activity. Uh, to touch on some of these civil tools, they include uh, account freezing orders or AFOs, uh, account forfeiture orders, uh, unexplained wealth orders uh, and wider uh, civil recovery powers. And, and just to highlight AFOs, um, they are used by the NCA to freeze funds uh, suspected to have originated from unlawful conduct, which is held in bank accounts um, with a view to establishing whether it should seek forfeiture. Uh, the NCA has also said that its investigations into sanctions evasion will focus on professional enablers um, for designated persons under the sanctions regime, uh, making sure or with the intent that they are unable to dissipate uh, frozen assets. And so we expect financial institutions uh, and other financial services firms to be brought within the focus of some of these uh, investigations. Uh, one other point to add uh, in the context of these developments at, at the NCA is a general license uh, that was published by OFSI at the end of last month, uh, which also suggests that we're going to see an increased uh, focus on asset recovery and other related activities. Uh, so under this general license, amongst other things, the FCA uh, is permitted to carry out certain actions which could otherwise breach prohibitions uh, imposed by the UK-Russia sanctions regulations uh, and also the global anti-corruption sanctions regulations uh, for the purposes of asset recovery. Uh, now, this is intended to include investigations of suspected uh, proceeds of crime uh, and also the enforcement and recovery uh, of, of proceeds of crime. Uh, with that, Katie, do you want to touch on, on what wider impact do you think this focus on, on asset tracing and recovery uh, in relation to sanctions may have on regulated firms? Yeah, thanks, David. Um, I think one of the main things to watch out for is that regulated firms might become involved in investigations relating to the new sanctions earlier than we'd normally see, given this focus on asset tracing and recovery. And there could be potential exposure for firms if they haven't frozen funds of designated persons as they should have done pursuant to sanctions. Or, or if issues come to light suggesting their systems and controls relating to complying with financial sanctions obligations are or, or were not sufficient. And more generally, whilst it's fair to say that historically there have been relatively low levels of sanctions enforcement in the UK, I think we can now expect to see more scrutiny in this area and, and more enforcement action in relation to sanctions breaches. In addition to developments at the NCA, the FCA has said that it's working closely with partners in government and law enforcement, both in the UK and abroad, to share intelligence and act to prevent sanctions evasion. And it has said that it remains ready to act in the event of sanctions breaches. I agree, Katie, in terms of what, what we may see on the enforcement front, and this really mirrors what we're currently seeing in other jurisdictions. So, for example, in the US, uh, where the DOJ was recently quoted, uh, as saying that sanctions enforcement is the new FCPA. So similar to the new kleptocracy cell based in the NCA, uh, in March, the US announced the, the launch of Task Force Klepto Capture, uh, which is a task force dedicated to enforcing the very broad sanctions uh, that the US has imposed on Russia. Now, this task force intends to use civil and criminal asset forfeiture authorities uh, to seize assets belonging to sanctioned individuals uh, or assets identified as the proceeds of unlawful uh, conduct. I think it's also worth providing a bit of context here in the terms of the wider AML landscape uh, and turning back to the UK. The NCA has recently stated that it is uh, highly likely that more than 100 billion of money laundering uh, impacts the UK annu annually uh, through amongst other things, financial institutions. And so 
So again, we expect FIs to be a particular focus uh, in the actions of these task forces. Um, the NCA also said that it will work closely with industry to help ensure that they are a more uh, effective first line of defence against money laundering. And firms uh, should really look to engage with this where possible uh, and regulators more gener uh, generally to stay ahead uh, of potential scrutiny. Uh, given this context, Katie, what, do you, what are your thoughts on what regulated firms should be doing uh, to mitigate against enforcement risks connected with sanctions? Yeah, thanks, David. So in terms of what firms could be doing now, um, it's worth looking at the joint statement on sanctions in the uh, crypto asset sector that was published in March. It was a joint statement by the FCA and the Bank of England. And the key focus of the statement is crypto assets. But I think some of the steps set out in relation to reducing the risk of sanctions event evasion are of general relevance to regulated firms. The statement emphasizes again that controls developed to identify customers and monitor their transactions under the money laundering regulations uh, can help with compliance. But firms will also need to implement additional sanction specific controls as appropriate. So some of the things for firms to think about would include updating their business-wide and customer risk assessments to account for changes in the nature and type of sanctions measures, and ensuring that their customer onboarding and due diligence processes identify customers who make use of corporate vehicles to obscure ownership or source of funds. Firms can also be ensuring that customers and their transactions are screened against relevant updated sanctions lists and effective rescreening is in place to identify activity that might indicate sanctions breaches. And identifying activity that's not in line with the customer profile or is otherwise suspicious and ensuring that these are reported quickly to the nominated officer for timely consideration. So from our experience in acting for firms in investigations and enforcement, I'd really emphasise the importance of being able to evidence the steps they're taking on these points as well as actually doing them. So, for example, through minutes, agendas, emails, updated versions of, of policies. And tying in with the point you made, David, about engaging with the NCA, one of the steps to consider is for firms to engage with public-private partnerships to gather insights and additional controls that might be relevant, and also to share their own best practice examples. And I think that would be a beneficial exercise for firms generally in relation to the sanctions landscape. It's worth mentioning also from an FCA enforcement risk perspective that firms should be thinking not only about systems and controls issues, but as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, also their disclosure obligations under UK MAR where that's relevant, given the significant impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine is having on the financial markets. And that includes continuing to assess carefully what information constitutes inside information and recognising that the invasion and the responses to it by governments might alter the nature of information that's material to a business's assets, operations and prospects. In particular, last week, the FCA released Market Watch 69, and that contains some useful observations for firms on market abuse surveillance and acts as a reminder that for effective surveillance, firms need to review and update their systems as necessary to ensure they remain effective. David, if firms do identify breaches of the sanctions regime, what immediate steps should they be thinking about? Yeah, thanks, Katie. I mean, what, what immediate steps you should be taking will, of course, depend on the circumstances. Um, but as a, as a general point where potential or actual breaches of, uh, of the sanctions regimes are identified by firms, 
after taking steps to ensure that any breaches stopped and, and no additional breaches are occurring, uh, firms should look to investigate the breach in question immediately, uh, as well as whether there are any uh, wider systems and controls issues around sanctions compliance. Uh, and this may also identify further breaches uh, or related issues uh, which need to be managed. I think also firms will also need to uh, consider their notification obligations, uh, which are potentially very broad uh, and may involve obviously the FCA and the NCA, depending on the nature of the issue. Uh, regulatory notifications in this area are particularly important now in light of the FCA reminders on reporting, uh, which, which we flagged earlier. Uh, and finally, other more general points to think about at the outset of any investigation uh, include record keeping, managing communications, including uh, ensuring that privilege is maintained over internal communications to the extent possible uh, and data preservation. Thank you, David, and uh, also Katie for these updates and insights on sanctions enforcement. And this is clearly an area of intense regulatory focus, and um, it really is important that firms allocate sufficient resources internally to keep on top of developments and also meet regulatory expectations. Uh, for future updates, please visit our Beyond Sanctions Hub, which can be found on the Norton Rose Fulbright website, as well as our Regulation Tomorrow blog. Thank you for listening. <laughs>